0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. You know, we're, we're going to be uh, in a new season here in just a few short days, the season of Advent, which is all about the hope that God brings us. And, you know, And as we sang and, and spent time praying this morning, it's my desire that we would be a people who are living confidently in that hope that we are living out of the overflow of God's life-giving work of his son Jesus in our lives. And yet I know how hard and how challenging it can be to, be to live in that reality, to be aware of his love and his presence and his work and his power in our lives right now. And not just to think about this as, as God's promise to us as being a future promise, but it's a present promise. It's a promise for us for today, for right now, in this very moment when we're sitting in our seats. You know, a few weeks ago, I shared with us all the image of, of this FedEx logo, and, and when we pulled this image up, I pointed out the image of an arrow that's embedded between the E and the X. And for most of us who hadn't been shown this before, we don't see that arrow, Right? We see the logo, but we don't necessarily see the arrow until someone points it out. And then once someone points out that arrow, you can't help but see that arrow. Anytime you see a truck drive by with the FedEx logo on it, you see that arrow. right? And, and, and what I want us to think about this morning is when it comes to the kingdom of God on this earth, there is a similar mystery to seeing God's hand at work, the, the life of Jesus at work in our world and in our lives today see, oftentimes we can go about our day and miss the the reality of the kingdom of God right in front of us. In our passage this morning, Jesus invites us to explore the fact that, that God's kingdom is here and now. And yet, We struggle to see it or or believe that it's there, to believe that the power of Jesus is at work today, right now, and not just will be someday when Jesus returns as the scriptures teach. As I mentioned, as we get ready to head into Advent, I, I hope we recognize that it's a season saturated with hope. That, that, that it's a season saturated with, with the hope that Jesus offers us. And yet I know for many of us, we, we, we miss the hope of God's present kingdom. We struggle to see it or, or to take hold of it or to, to live in the reality of that hope being at work in our world and in our lives and the lives of your brothers and sisters in Christ around you right now. And here's the thing, church, this is what I want for us. I want us to be more like the people who can't help but see that arrow in the FedEx logo when the truck drives by. I want us to be a people who can't help but see the present reality of God's kingdom right now, right here, today, in every moment of our lives. We can't help but see the reality of the life of Jesus at work in our world right now. That's the kind of people that I think Jesus invites us to be through the gospel, but it's also the people that I hope we can be, that, that we would be a people who can't help but see hope in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the, the discouragement and the struggles and the, the things that, that make us sad, that we can't help but see the hope of God's present kingdom right now. So go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 4 because I want to read a few verses for us in which Jesus is teaching us on the kingdom of God and specifically through this parable teaches us about the nature of the kingdom of God that I think helps us to do that, to see the present reality of God's kingdom here and now. In Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 26, I'm going to read through to verse 32. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 32. And Jesus said... The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown in the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out larger branch, large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is a gift to us. It is a, it's a prized possession, a treasure for us, Lord. And yet I pray that your word would come alive to us. It is living and active, but Lord, help us to have eyes to see and, and minds to understand and hearts to embrace your truth with courage and trust and faith. Lord, we thank you for this word. May it, have its, may it, may it accomplish what you sent it forth to do, to transform our hearts and lives after your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. Well, before I get started in our text today more fully, I just want to take a moment to say how thankful I am for Pastor Moses. Where is Pastor Moses sitting? And raise your hand, Pastor Moses. He's hiding. Is he hiding? He's, oh, that, he's back there somewhere. He's hiding. Anyway, he's there somewhere. We'll find him. He's like, where, where's what? Well, there he is. Oh, I saw his brother, Benji. And then there comes Pastor Moses. Pastor Moses, I'm thankful for you. Pastor Moses, just so you guys know, he pastors me. And last week, when, we got to, when I got to sit under his teaching and preaching, God did a work in my heart, and I am so thankful for that. You know, you, you don't always know, like when a, when a pastor leads a congregation, he doesn't always get the chance to sit underneath the teaching of the elders and the, pre, the other preachers that frequently. But when he does, it's a blessing. And I was blessed last week. I don't know, for you maybe, maybe you found yourself doing this. I found myself on many of the days, if not all of the days this past week, praying, God, till the soil of my heart. And make my heart fertile soil for your word to be planted in. So I was very thankful, very thankful for Pastor Moses' ministry uh, in in teaching us from God's word last week. And and as he did teach, he taught on the parables that Jesus taught from. And Jesus continues to teach in parable this week. He teaches us a parable specifically going from not just the, the, the soil of our hearts, but now the seed of the kingdom which God plants in this world. In, in, in fact, specifically the nature of the kingdom of God. Now think about this for a minute. Te- Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. But will we recognize God's kingdom when it comes? Do we have eyes to see that, that God is answering that prayer, that his kingdom in heaven is coming to this earth, and, and this kingdom is as it is in heaven, so it is on earth? Do we have eyes in, to see that, ears to hear it, to recognize it, to see it when it happens? But more, more than just a, a place with geographical boundaries and, and guarded border crossings, the kingdom of, the, of God is defined by Jesus' rule and authority. So do we have eyes to see where Jesus is king in a person's life? Or where or, or Jesus rules and reigns over a community of Christ followers like Trinity? Can we recognize that? Do we see it? See, the scriptures teach us that that God's kingdom is not just some future experience, but a present reality. It's here. It's right now. It's not just a promise when Jesus again returns in that second advent, his second coming. It's not just something that will happen then, that it will fully come into place, but that God's kingdom is already here. It's right now, and it's present in the people of God. You, You may remember from the first chapter in Mark when when Mark is describing Jesus's ministry, he tells us that Jesus starts preaching and proclaiming the good news. And what is that good news? He says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand, not will one day be, but it's at hand. So what should we do? Repent and believe in the gospel, believe in this good news. The kingdom of God is is here and now. It's, It's come to us presently through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who, who opened the border crossing for us into the kingdom of God. Theologians refer to this as, as the inauguration of the kingdom. You know, when we get a new president, we have an inauguration day, right? The, a day when, when the new president comes in and he takes an oath of office, he, he makes his vows. And, and in doing that, He's bestowed upon a power and authority to rule as president, to, to have some responsibility, some authority to be the president of our country. And so it is with the kingdom of God that when Jesus comes through his earthly ministry, through the things he does, through his baptism, through, through the miracles he proclaims, he, he points to the fact that the kingdom of God is, is here and now. But, but, but here's part of the mystery of God's kingdom for us. Here, here's where I think we struggle, because if it is here and now, why is it so hard to see? Why is it so hard for us to see the kingdom of God? Why is it so easy to get discouraged or distracted or, or to become enthralled with, with other things in this world? Moment of confession for you all, by the way. When, when Pastor Moses was preaching on the soils last week, I, it was a moment of conviction where I'm like, man, my my soil is a little bit thorny. I find myself longing for the things of this world, desiring them rather than desiring God. It's in that moment where I realize why why can't I see the kingdom of God? Why can't I I see the beauty of God's righteousness and justice and peace and long for that more than the things of this world? And so I prayed, Lord, till the soil of my heart, right? Make it fertile ground. See, the... It's a mystery to us. Why, why is it so difficult for us to experience the hope of God's kingdom in the face of discouragement and, 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 and the things that, that want to tear us down? Why does it feel like evil is so rampant and, and has so much power in this world? Why, why do did, why did people get sick or why do people harbor such hatred toward one another? If God's kingdom is here and if it's at hand and right now, why is it, why can't we so easily see it and experience it? You know, Paul teaches us in Romans 14 verse 17, he says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right if these things are true if it's true right now that 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 the kingdom of God is is his righteousness and his peace and joy in the holy spirit right now why is it so hard for us to taste and see the righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit of God's kingdom right am i the only one that that thinks that it should come more easily to us right if if it's here and now if it's true that that as the gospel teaches that we've been delivered from the the, the kingdom of death into the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of life. Why is it so hard for us to see that life and and to be energized and excited by that life and, and to be driven by that life? See, this is the problem that Jesus addresses in teaching that the kingdom of God is like a seed sown by a man. Jesus recognizes that it's maybe hard for us to see the kingdom of God, to know that it's here, that it's right here and now. And so he teaches us this parable. And and if you notice from the parable, we don't know much about the man. Our minds naturally go to the place to say, okay, well, who is this man? Is that man me? Is it Jesus? Who's the man? But the problem is the parable is not about the man. We do know some things about him. We know that he sows the seed That that he sleeps, that he rises, and then when the harvest is ready, he he sends a sickle to cut down the harvest and bring it in. But but Jesus' parable also tells us something about what the man doesn't do, right? The man doesn't make the seed grow. The, 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 The man doesn't make the plant bear fruit. The man is powerless to make the seed become something more than just a seed. What this tells us is that the parable isn't so much about the man. The parable is about the seed. It's not about you or I. It's not about the nature of mankind. It's not about the condition of our hearts or, or, or even at this point, the condition of the soil of our hearts. It's about the nature of God's kingdom. After the man plants the seed, what happens? He goes to sleep. He goes to sleep and rises, goes about his business Time passes, right? Time goes by, and and guess what? The seed grows. Not because he's he's stretching it or or kind of like unpacking the the, the outer shell of the seed and making the flower come out and and then like digging down the earth and kind of exposing it so that it can come up out of the soil. The man doesn't do any of those things, right? Verse 28 tells us that the seed automatically grows. It supernaturally grows in the earth. First a blade, then an ear, then a full grain, and then the harvest. The, the Greek word automate is used here to describe what causes the seed to grow. And if that sounds familiar, it's where we get the word automatically from, right? The, the seed grows because it's its very nature. This, this word automate is an adjective that characterizes something that's without any cause. It's just doing what it's supposed to do. The plants and the harvest that the man man gets isn't because he sowed the seed, but because it's the nature of the seed to grow automatically until it bears fruit. If I planted an engine in the ground right now, if I watered the ground, if I weeded around the ground where I planted the engine, guess what? I won't get a car, right? That thing's not sprouting out of the ground. Why? Because it's not in a car's nature to reproduce life. The seed in Jesus' parable illustrates for us the supernatural and automatic nature of the kingdom of God that he plants on this earth to grow and bear fruit. Anywhere the seed of the kingdom falls, it's in its nature to produce life. Like a seed, some soils may choke it out or reject it. Some some soils may be too hard for the seed to penetrate the ground and and, and to to grow and and to reproduce life or to give the life that it was by nature created to do, but the seed will not stop being a seed. The seed will not stop being, by its very nature, a life-giving seed wherever it lands. No amount of evil or wickedness could change its nature to give life. Do we see this? Church, that that, that it's in the nature of the kingdom of God to produce life. That that, that the, the kingdom of God is here to produce life among the people of this earth, among you and I, among those outside these walls. The nature of the kingdom of God is to give life. And so Jesus' point in the parable is that Even though you may think you can't see the kingdom of God, it's here right now, and nothing will stop it from accomplishing the purposes of God, to offer life until the harvest when God's full kingdom is realized. That's what God's kingdom is doing right here, right now. Even if you think you can't see it, it's here, right now. Now, a few moments ago I said that Part of the problem with the mystery of God's kingdom is that it's supposedly here and now, and yet we struggle to see it, and we struggle to put our hands on it. And for many of us, our struggle to see the kingdom of God isn't because God's kingdom is, is invisible. It's not invisible. Our, our struggle is because our expectations of what the, the kingdom should look like are faulty. Right? We, we, we think in, in, in modern ways about the kingdom of God. We think about the promise of God, about what the kingdom is, and we, we, we expect something full and complete. We think that since Jesus came and established his kingdom here on this earth, that we should see more and more righteousness and justice and peace and all the fruits of the kingdom fully fruit-bearing, right? But how does a seed grow? If I plant a seed in the ground one day, do I wake up the next morning to a fully grown fruit-bearing tree? No. And so it is with the seed of God's kingdom life that that Jesus planted during his ministry. It's hard for us to to look around and see the kingdom because we expect a fully fruit-bearing tree to sprout out of the ground like that right now. But that's not what God promised we expect the, the promises of God's paradise and peace right now. A, a, a paradise and peace where there's no more sin or evil. But guess what? God's still working. The harvest at the end is still to come when Jesus returns. And so we're expecting this fully grown fruit-bearing tree when, when maybe what we need to look for is God's righteousness kind of peeking its head out of the ground over here. God's uh, God's peace growing up as a blade in in a person's life. God's love peeking up out of the the, the land around us. See, the problem with with our expectations around the kingdom of God is that that we live in the day of Google and Amazon Prime. right? We, we, We expect we want information. All we have to do is Google it. It's right there. We can have it right away, fully, complete, in our, at our fingertips, we we see we need something for dinner later on. You can actually order something on Amazon Prime and get it before dinner time. It'll be delivered the same day, right? We expect something to come right now. We we you know it's it's kind of become this thing where we're we're unfamiliar with the spiritual discipline of waiting and hoping and expecting God's promise to come to fruition in God's timing. And so built into Jesus' teaching on this this final defeat of of evil in this world and the the consummation of God's kingdom is a period of time. It's a period of time when Jesus' kingdom and rule on this earth grows and expands. It's it's a period of time that allows more and more people to come to to hear the good news of Jesus' gracious love and invitation to be their king, to, to welcome them into the kingdom. In the last couple of verses in our passage in Mark 4, verses 31 to 32, Jesus tells another short parable that compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed. Listen to what he says. It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Now, if you've ever seen or held a mustard seed, it's, it's smaller than even like a poppy seed that you get on bagels and things like that. And yet it becomes a plant that's larger than any other plants in the garden. Right? God has a purpose and a plan here, church. The, the kingdom of God is meant to be the kind of plant that's larger than any other plant. This idea of, of a plant in the ancient Near East was a way of describing great kingdoms. Well, God is about establishing a kingdom greater than any kingdom this world has seen. He's growing a kingdom that has branches that will become shade and refuge and home to birds from all over the earth, from every tribe, nation, tongue. That, That God is bringing together a people and building a kingdom larger than any kingdom of this earth, this is a promise that you will read time and time again throughout the Old Testament. Daniel talks about it in, in Daniel's in the dreams that that that, that um, the king of Babylon has. That Daniel interprets. The, the king sees this 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 kingdom which is destroyed by a stone, and and what we're told is that that God will establish a kingdom that's far greater than the kingdom that that, that, that the the king of Babylon saw in his dream a kingdom that will destroy this evil kingdom and and raise up out of the ground. And guess what? This kingdom is inaugurated in Jesus' coming. It's a kingdom that's here and now. It may start off like a small mustard seed. We may look around this earth right now and think, oh, come on, where is that kingdom of God? Well, guess what? You're looking at a mustard seed, but you have to hope in what will come, will be greater than anything this world has seen. We may not be able to see it in its fullness just yet, but, but guess what? It's coming. So this is what the, the parable of the sown seed and the mustard plant are meant to teach us. Just because you can't see it or it's not the way you expect it to be doesn't mean that the kingdom of God is not at work. So what are, what are, we, what are we to do with this knowledge? What are we to make of the fact that though we can't see it, it's here? Well, let me offer you three ways for us to respond to the nature of God's kingdom in faith. I think we need to be patient, we need to be confident, and we need to be comforted. First of all, let's be patient for God's kingdom to come. Let's be patient for God's kingdom to come because there's nothing we can do to hurry it along. No amount of of effort, no amount of, of louder preaching or convincing people to believe things the way we believe them will hurry along the kingdom. Just as the man in Jesus' parable, all we can do is sow the seed. All we can do is proclaim the news, the good news, that God's kingdom is here. We can't make it grow or we can't hurry it along. All we can do is to be faithful to tell others That God's kingdom is here. We don't have to wait anymore to experience God's righteousness and justice, his peace, his grace, his mercy. It's here. I think many of us are are tired of the worry and the sadness and the grief that this current world offers us. Many of us are are frustrated by the, the, the political and the economic climate of our world. We're worn out. We're tired of the discouragement of looking around this world and feeling like things are not the way they're supposed to be. And, and we're not wrong to feel that way. But, and naturally, our response to that feeling is that we want to fix it. We want to make it better. We want to we do our part and work hard to make God's kingdom come, right? Well, you know what? If God's kingdom isn't growing there, maybe I need to, maybe I need to till that soil, Maybe I need to make it better, right? Jesus tells his disciples that that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world, and then the end will come. And I think we sometimes have this faulty belief that, 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 that if we work harder and tell every group of people in the world, then we can influence and help God's harvest to come sooner. We can fix this world if we just tell more people about the gospel of Jesus Christ but there's an error in this thinking because no amount of effort on our part can cause the seed to grow. It's in the nature of the kingdom of God to grow. It's in the nature of the seed to give life. It's not our effort that makes it grow. It grows automatically from the earth, the earth that God plants it in. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't tell other people about the kingdom of God, but we don't have to tell, the king, tell people about the kingdom of God for God's kingdom to be fruitful and life-giving. Does that make sense, church? It's in its nature to be life-giving. All we have to do is tell people about it and trust God's kingdom to do what it will do. So we need to be patient to let God's, the seed of God's kingdom do what it needs to do in people's lives. You can't change a person. I can't change a person. Only God can change a person. The best thing we can do is tell them about the one who can change their lives, who can transform them if they'll learn to trust him. So we need to be patient to see God's kingdom come on earth as as, as it is in heaven. It may take time, but it's coming. And so be patient. Second of all, be confident. Church, Be confident that though things are not as they should be, be confident that, that though things are not as they're supposed to be, as we can look around and say, hey, this is not the way the world should be. Be confident that though things are not as they should be, God's kingdom is coming. You can't change the nature of the seed. You can't change the nature of God's kingdom to bring life where there is death. You can't change God, the nature of god 's kingdom it 's growing and expanding as we sit here this very moment, and so when you look around this world you 'll acknowledge there are plenty of reasons to feel discouraged people who are hurt and broken, people who are going without people who are being uh, oppressed by other leaders and nations and, and, and people groups, people being dishonest selfish greedy but here 's the thing when you focus your attention on the world around you, that's all you're going to see. When, when, you, when you focus on what's happening out there in the world, it's easy to, to then let your mind and heart wander, to go to that place where you feel discouraged, where, where, you, you feel, where you don't feel confident that God's kingdom is here and now. Because all you see is the negative. You see the brokenness. You see the things that are wrong. So don't focus so intently on this world, church. Instead, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Look for the kingdom of God. Make that the attention of your heart and mind. Make make that the desire of your heart to look around and and try to see God's kingdom at work in this world. Look for the, 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 the signs of the kingdom present right now. Remember, I read Romans 14 verse 17 earlier. Remember Paul's words there. The kingdom of God isn't about a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Do we is that is that the effort of our lives, church? To, To look for God's righteousness? To look for God's peace at work. I'm not saying you can see it everywhere, but I'm saying, do you look for his righteousness at work in this world? It's here, it's now. I mean, if you look for, for the peace of God's kingdom at work in this world, you can see it. It's available, but we gotta look for it, we gotta seek it, we gotta look for his divine peace and joy, his, his character at work in the lives of the people around us. And, and here's the thing, even in, I would suggest, even in those moments where you're looking around you and you sense that things are not the way they are supposed to be, this is a sign of the presence of the kingdom of God, right? It's a longing, not just that you see this and recognize that, it's, that things are not the way they're supposed to be, but there's a sense, a longing within you for things to be a different way. This is a sign that God's kingdom is coming, that it's here and now. It's in a sense, God's kingdom is visible in that opposite space of the brokenness of this world. So be confident that, that you'll see the kingdom of God if you look for it, church. Be confident that it's here and now. And then lastly, be comforted. Our God. Our God is a promise-making and a promise-keeping God. It's who He is. God says and it happens. God has made a promise. To not just destroy the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of Satan, the the, the brokenness in this world. God has promised not just to do away with that, but but to usher in the final pieces of his kingdom, of his righteousness, the paradise of his peace, and the joy that comes through his Holy Spirit. God has promised a day is coming when all wickedness and evil will come to an end. It's a promise he makes to us in Isaiah 40. Isaiah is one of those books that we read oftentimes during Advent because it tells of God's promise to send a Savior, a Messiah, a Savior that we acknowledge, we recognize in the coming of Jesus. And here in Isaiah 40, the Lord promises us. He says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her, guess what, that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, is forgiven, that she has already received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And so a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God has sent his son Jesus to be the one who will bring an end to warfare, who will extend forgiveness for our sins, who will bring a, a peace to this land, who will level out the uneven ground. To raise up the valleys and lower the mountains. See, church, there's there's no need for us to feel uncertain or insecure about our future. Because we're not hoping in some future promise that is yet to be fulfilled. We're basking in the glow of a promise that has been fulfilled in Jesus' coming, in Jesus' birth in Jesus' baptism, in his life, in his ministry, in his death, and in his resurrection. See, we know that God is bringing an end to all, all this injustice and inequality and evil. We, we, may, we may feel powerless to bring about a change to these things in our world, but God is not powerless. In fact, God has all the power and the ability and the, the, the will to accomplish all that he set out to accomplish. So take comfort in the fact that, that, that we worship a promise-making and, and, and a promise-keeping God who's able to do all that he had planned to do. We can have confidence in this. We should be a confident people because God is already doing what he has promised to do. And so be patient, be confident in God, and be comforted. Why? Because God's kingdom is here and now. There's a seed that God has planted in this earth, a seed that by its very nature is giving life right now. You know, again, next week begins a season of Advent, and it's a season that's rich with hope. And so let's look for it. Let's look for this hope that God offers us, because the kingdom that of God is not just some future thing, it's right now, and, and, and it offers us a hope to dwell on, because God has sent his son Jesus. In Jesus, God has fulfilled all his promises, especially the promise he made to his people long ago, a, a promise we can read in Ezekiel. Let me read us, uh, just a couple verses in Ezekiel 17. God says, on the mountain height of Israel will I plant it, my kingdom, he says, that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar. And under it will dwell every kind of bird. In the shade of its branches, birds of every sort will nest. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree and make high the low tree, dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it. Church, God's kingdom will be accomplished. It's here and now and will be fully here when Jesus one day returns. And so in the season of Advent, when we celebrate the coming of Jesus, we have every reason to have hope, to stand confidently in that place of hope. To stand comforting, comforted by the God who is at work to accomplish what he has set about to accomplish. He is the Lord. There is none like him. No kingdom will stand before his. It's his kingdom, his reign. His rule that will be fully established on this earth. This is the tree that God has promised to plant his kingdom on the height of a mountain. I would suggest for us, one thing we should always keep in mind as we go through Advent is not just the birth of Christ, but also the passion of Christ. Because that very hill that God has planted his tree on I would suggest, is the hill called Calvary. The hill that Jesus was crucified on, God's only son, so that we might have the life-giving seed of the kingdom of God in our hearts, in our lives. That, that, that as we pray that God would till the soil of our lives and make it fertile soil, that we're, we're praying that with the knowledge that the seed that God is planting in our hearts will bear fruit will accomplish all that he wanted to. It will transform our lives to be a people of righteousness, a people of peace, a people of joy in the Holy Spirit because God's kingdom is planted in our hearts through Jesus. You know, in in John 12, 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. See, Jesus was talking about his own death there. Jesus was referring to the fact that, that, that he is the seed of God's kingdom, that as he falls to the earth and dies on the hill called Calvary, God is planting a tree in the ground, a great kingdom, which will flourish, which will, uh, let me jump back to Ezekiel 20, uh, 17, which will, uh, under which will dwell every kind of bird. In the shade of its branches, birds of every sort will nest, and all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. This is the kingdom that God has planted through Jesus' death on a cross. Jesus is God's seed sown into the earth through his death and resurrection. And guess what? Nothing will change its nature from bearing fruit if we will only pray, God, till the soil my heart, make it fertile for the seed of your kingdom through your Son Jesus Christ. Church, the kingdom of God is here and now. Don't be discouraged. Don't, don't keep your eyes on the world around you and, and think that things are not going so hot. Look for the kingdom. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all else shall be added unto you. So be patient. Be confident. And be comforted by the God who's promise making and promise keeping, His kingdom is here and now. Let me pray. You that you have not just, just woken up one day and decided, "Hey, maybe I'll go and rescue my people," but you have set it as your course from the beginning of time to to walk with your people, your creation, in the peace of the garden. And Lord. We ask you to forgive us because we know that that peace was shattered through mankind's sin, through our sin, through the sin that is at work in my own heart. And yet, Lord, we we thank you that in your goodness, you send forth your son to be that grain of wheat that when it fell to the ground and died, it grew up to be a great fruit-bearing tree under whose branches we can take refuge and call home and, and bask in the protection and the care and the love of your kingdom. God, we believe that your kingdom is here and now. And so we will trust in your king, Jesus. We will trust in your son who you sent forth. Help us not to live as if this kingdom is gonna be one day, Help us to live as citizens of the kingdom, obedient to our good king, the king who died so that we might have life. We thank you for that. May that truth transform us, not just now, but every day, because that seed is the seed that's planted in our hearts. So give us hearts and minds that are tilled, soil that is fertile for the seed to grow.